Blog Talk Radio. Urban Glory Radio, simply glorious. In spreading the gospel to the world, we have designed a streaming radio broadcast for every believer. This word, worship, and witness-filled broadcast streams live every week. Access episodes on demand 24 hours a day. Subscribe to our iTunes podcast and take UDR wherever you go. Visit us online at urbanglorycampaigns.webs.com. Also find us at twitter.com backslash urban underscore glory and like us on Facebook. Enjoy today's broadcast.
talked about that. Some of you have mastered to this point how to keep yourself together. And I came for a few people to say God is requiring more of you. I said God is requiring more of you. And yes, this is not a popular message to preach, but God is requiring more of you. He doesn't want you to sing songs that you don't know the word that that's the song. He doesn't want you to read a scripture that you don't have a revelation over. He doesn't want you to speak in tongues just religiously to fill the outstanding. He doesn't want you to clap your hands at the appropriate time. No, because you was clapping your hands at the appropriate time. But I want you to understand he wants you to be able to address the conditions and he wants you to be converted so you can maintain your conviction. I know this generation is consumed with not taking. Yeah, we always call someone fake or we call them green. I'm too old to love the young vernacular. But I understand that this new set of reality is not reality at all. Because if you don't address the conditions and you don't hold to the conversion, you will not have conviction. And so I'm looking for people that have conviction behind their conversion by the way they address their conditions. Someone clap their hands right there. If you have this Jesus in the Bible, if you have this God in the scriptures, you will learn how to face things with integrity by addressing things head on. When someone touches you inappropriately, bring them to the altar of the church and bring them before the pastor and say, this nigga put their hands on me. And they didn't have no business putting their hands on me. When someone trying to force you into fornication, this nigga was taking advantage of my body. When that sister tried to swoop up her skirt and show you what she got, tell her to put it down. Throw it to God. Because you want to address the conditions. Don't live in denial. Don't live in faking. Don't live in denial. Don't live in faking. Don't live in denial. Don't live in faking. Address the condition and make sure you're converted. And make sure you're converted. I believe that God has a people, that God still has a people. There are some young people who's ready to make a difference. There are some young people, there are some people who want to make a difference. My God. But there is a group of young people who are ready to take a stand. And I'm letting you know, there's a new agenda for young people. We need you in the political front. We need you in the education front. We need you in the business front. Some of you need to get those same friends that you're going down the street and doing nothing with and get you a business and become a millionaire before you go to college and need to pay for college yourself. Some of you need to get jobs. Yes, 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 because a man that doesn't work with me, I understand I'm working on it. Myself, glory to God. Some of us need jobs and to take new opportunities. Thank you, bless you, sweetheart. Take greater opportunities. Uh, and uh, and by, by facing and addressing things head on, uh, addressing the conditions, uh, that means you're going to have to be more informed than you've ever been. Uh, you're going to have to learn how to read a little longer. Uh, you're going to have to learn how to research uh, and have critical thinking and analysis. Uh, you're going to have to learn how to strategically look at the scriptures uh, and 
unapologetically approach to the people that compromise the integrity of the Word of God. God is calling you for a deeper conversion. God is calling some of you to be able to be fit and ready so that when He transfers the baton of intelligence and transfers the baton of, 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 of authority, you will take it with honor, decency, and integrity. And then people can, uh, you can say, like Moses said, who shall go first? Here my Lord, send me, Isaiah said that. But Moses said, when he was, um, when he was placed before Pharaoh, I am that I am. That was not something that God was saying. He was in the situation. God was telling him, I've equipped you with all that you need to face Pharaoh yourself. You are everything that I've called you to be. I've tested you in the wilderness and I'm taking you to the promised land. Of course, you know he didn't get there because he looked back at the circumstances. You got to keep your eyes high in this time. Oh, I wish I could warn it like I feel it. But when we get to the we, when we get to the we are not ashamed. You can join the old singers and the old hymnologists that said we've come this far by faith. Yes, that's what Romans said. This is, this is the righteousness revealed from faith to faith. Yes, because faith without works is dead. You got to put your time in because payday is coming after all. And so your faith is being called and challenged to the next level. Your faith is being proven through trials and circumstances. And you're going to have to maintain hindsight while we look not on the things which are seen, but the things that are not seen. For the things that are seen are temporary, but the things that are not seen are eternal. God is calling us to walk by faith. The songwriter goes on. It says, we come this far by faith. Leaning on who? The Lord. Trusting in his what? Holy Word. Holy Word. It's something about the Word of God. Come your hands for the Word of God. The Word of God has manifested. And it's proven itself for over 2,000 years. 66 categories and categories of the scripture. 66 books can help you. You don't need any other thing greater than the word of God. Trusting in his holy word. And when you really develop trust in his holy word, you'll find out everyone standing all over the church that he's never failed us yet. He's never failed us yet. Oh, the scripture, the song says, oh, 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 oh. I can't turn around because we've come this far. Uh, when we're not ashamed, we'll come. Good Paul. Yeah. 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 Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory. Urban Glory Radio. Simply Glory.
directed my attention to Hebrews chapter 10. Would you repeat my subject after me? Burning hearts. Burning hearts. Blazing faith. Blazing faith. Burning hearts. Blazing faith. By a new and living way, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 20 through 24, which he hath consecrated for us through the veil, that is to say, his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast. Say hold fast. Hold fast. The profession of our faith. Say our faith. Our faith. Without wavering. For he is faithful that promise. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Say blazing faith. Blazing faith. Burning heart. Burning heart. The Lord pointed in my attention when I was studying about the heart and how the scripture says, we say this every time there's salvation, that if you confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and that God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. But it goes further. It says, with the heart man believeth yes. unto righteousness, yes. and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Say heart. Heart. The heart is significant to God, and unfortunately, because we have a limited understanding of the scripture, we often refer to the heart as a beating palpitation mm -hmm. in our body. Uh -huh. But to God, the heart is the core, say the core, the core. of our understanding. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm going to prove this scripturally. The Bible says that the man thinketh where? In his heart. So is it. So what is that? The core of his understanding. It says, with the, mouth of, uh, with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. But it says, with the heart man what? Believe it. Say believe it. So that's also the core of our understanding. So the heart is not what you feel in your, um, in, in your uh, innermost, but it's the core of your understanding. And there is where faith is developed. The word of faith is nigh the scripture says in Romans. It's nigh it's even in your mouth, and it's in your will. Say heart. Heart. God is causing us to live out of our heart. And if ever you want to live by faith, you're going to have to establish a heart relationship with God. Not a surface relationship, Amen. but a heart relationship. A heart that is connected to the intent of God. I know the thoughts that I have for you, yes. says the Lord. Yes. Thoughts to prosper you yes. and give you a hope and an expected end. Yes. God wants to speak to you. And our ability to hear God determines the quality of our faith. Uh -huh. Romans 10, 17 says, Faith cometh by hearing and the hearing by the word of God. So it is the word of God that builds our faith. Yes. But we have to hear it. But how do we hear it? In the core of our understanding, our heart. And so God wants to get to that place intimately. And it's amazing that many people do not give God the access to their heart. Jesus. I, was, I was reminded of the scripture. Mm. And um, in Genesis, at first, you know, when I was dealing, I said, okay, it's Father's Day. Let me find a good father in the Bible that I can go and preach about a good father and the thing. And so I first started off with Adam. And I said, well, I don't know about Adam. <laughs> Adam. Mm. Kind of mess up and then his son 
ones, you know, that he taught them how to worship. That was interesting. Uh-huh. That's one part that we neglect because they were taught how to worship. And uh-huh. then when they worshiped, Cain gave the improper yes. sacrifice. Yes. And, Amen. and then Abel gave an uh, acceptable offering. Uh-huh. And then, of course, you know, Cain got back and killed uh-huh. Abel, right? Uh-huh. Am I right about You're that? You're right about and it. So then, so I'm like, oh, that ain't a good example. No. Then I went, I said, okay, let's go down a little bit and let's go to Abraham. Uh-huh. I said, I don't know about Abraham. Abraham had great faith, and yes, he was a man of faith. Yes, it was good because it would go with my subject. Old faith was good. I mean, he, he believed God and staggered at the promise. I'm unbelief. You know, that was a declaration of faith after he had died. When he was living, he did not look like he was living by faith. That's and unfortunately, right. Right. what we have what we have tried to do sometimes superficially is try to make marks and statements of faith. So because I get up in the morning and I get on my knees and I open up the scripture, I'm actually operating in faith because that's my faith duty. And we created these coins of things of, of faith, but that's not the picture that is painted in the scripture. Yeah, that's right. When people live by faith, their one intent was just to please God. Yeah, because yeah. faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So these people that you see in, in the Bible that were marked in faith in Hebrews chapter 11, we're going to go there in one second, were not trying to be people of faith. That's right. They were just trying to hear and act on behalf of God. Say amen to the truth. I'll be with you. But these people, they just lived and acted on what they heard from God. And as a result, they were accredited faith. Uh Amen. Amen. And so I said, well, Abraham ain't that real good example of a father because Uh he created Ishmael. And Ishmael and Isaac often had problems because... One was a seed of the promise, and the other was the seed of suggestion. One was suggestion, okay, Sarah said to Haggai, you sleep with my husband and have a child, and that didn't work out. So I was like, no, nah, that's going to do some other stuff. That'd be too hard to try to explain that. So I said, okay, leave Abraham alone. Then I got over to Isaac, and Isaac did the same thing that Abraham did. One time, Isaac was in a relationship. You know, you know Sarah was beautiful. Sarah was fine. Yeah. Sarah was so fine, she was in the 90s, uh-huh. that when Abraham went to go so journey to the place that God had told him to be at, he went there and he presented his wife to the king, but he already knew. He said, look, my, they're going to try to take my wife, so I'm going to say that's his sister. And of course, you know, back in that time, because everybody came from the line of Adam, uh-huh. Adam uh-huh. that they married their sister. So he wasn't lying, per se, but that wasn't the truth. It was his sister and his wife. So he said, this is my sister, and the king went to go take his wife, because of course, you know, when you presented a sister as a gift to the king, they would accept it as a wife, as a a concubine. Mm -hmm. So when the king went to go do that, God said, look, I'm going to kill you if you sleep with this woman. This is not his his sister, this is his wife. So he ain't no good example. So then God said, I said, okay, what about Isaac? Isaac. I said, oh Lord. Isaac did the same thing his daddy did. Do you see do you see the pattern? I see the pattern. Although they were credited for people of faith, we'll see that in Hebrews chapter eleven, all of them were accredited for faith. They still had certain issues. That wasn't an example. And then I said, I said, okay, Lord, now you get a little low on the forefathers now, so about two more left. Mm-hmm. I said, huh. And so then I was, you know, I consulted with some more medical <laughs> professionals and everything and, and they said, Well go to Joseph. And that means I don't have to skip Jacob. Okay. And I said, <laughs> I said, um, well, praise the Lord. I go to Joseph. Uh-huh. And Joseph was a good story. Of course, you know, Joseph was one that had a dream. Uh-huh. Joseph had a dream. You know, he had a whole bunch of brothers. And, of course, as a result of Joseph having the uh, dream that he had, of course, his brothers envied him because the father gave him a coat of many colors. There were a lot of issues that 
were involved in that. But, you know, of course, you know, he was sold into slavery. His brothers told his father that he was dead. So his father was um, discouraged because he had lost his favorite child. Because the, Well, not because uh-huh. of his favorite, but it was his child that had the revelation of God first. Mm-hmm. And so, he, you know, after that thing occurred, you know, he was sold into slavery. Then Potiphar's wife tried to get with him. My and um, he, he stood by mm-hmm. his integrity. He said, yeah. look, I'm just going to be the man that I hear from God. I'm not going to disobey the king. I'm in Egypt. And so Potiphar put him in jail because the wife accused him of being with him. And then he came out as a conqueror, and then he was able to restore his brothers back to, from famine. Because, of course, you know, when he left the land, famine entered into the land of Goshen, I believe, and he came, and his, and his brother came to Egypt. Okay, and as a result, he was able to restore his family back to wealth. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, yeah, that's a good scripture. And then the Lord said, go back to Jacob. Joseph was a good man for integrity. So yes, he was a good man. He was able to endure the test of time. But he said, go back to Jacob. And then, I, and he said, go to the end of Jacob in Genesis chapter 48. But jo- the, the interesting thing about Jacob was Jacob's ability to hear God was able to set direction for his family. And he was able to see in the spirit prophetically what God had declared over over their children's lives. Uh-huh. So much so that the whole entire Old Testament was defined by his words. Uh-huh. And then, you know, make a long story short, the children of Israel get developed, the nations get birthed, they, they're going in, in between our ca- captivity. And then in Malachi, I was captivated by the end, the last verse in Malachi that says, I will turn the heart of the father to the heart of the children. Mm. Then it brought me back to this thing about heart. Because it's with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. Yeah. The heart is the area which God is charging us to take time to introspect, to take time to understand what is truly within our heart because that is where faith is established. Yes. God wants to speak to our hearts mm-hmm. to show us who we really are, what we really have, what we can do, how we can get ahead. And so he said, look, I'm going to transfer the intent, of course, you can see in the life of Jacob, when Jacob blesses Joseph's children, he switches his hands. He uh-huh. changes, there's a change. And then in Malachi, you see the same thing happen, he switches his hands. Uh-huh. From the heart of the father goes to the child, and the child's heart goes to the father, so that way purity can be restored. Yeah. And then Jesus, yeah. of course, that justifies what was prophesied over Jesus' life in Isaiah, that he shall be called everlasting father, mm. prince of peace, Jesus, and the government Jesus, shall be Jesus. on his shoulders. But God wanted us, us to, in essence, remind it by this new and living way. Our faith is orchestrated and under the architect of who Jesus truly is. Jesus is the author and the finisher yes. of our faith. Yes. And all of the examples, the scripture says that the Old Testament was written for our learning. So we, we learn, but truly it is the relationship that Jesus has with his Father that shows us yes. how to have true faith. Yes, amen. It's Jesus. Amen. And so that brings me to five simple points for affirmations of faith, and I'll be through. Faith is awakened. Number one, at the revelation of God's word. In essence, it's Jesus who is the architect of our faith. Our acceptance of Jesus at the point of salvation ignites the overcoming faith that empowers us to live separate from the world. Mm -hmm. You can't get beyond Jesus. It's Jesus that teaches us. All of the examples, all of them would not be made complete if it wasn't for Jesus. 
Jesus qualified their faith. And so the highest form of faith will be expressed through a heart of the person's lifestyle, mm -hmm. worship to God. Mm -hmm. Men in the Bible were not known for their drastic demonstrations of faith. They weren't trying to be great faith people. Right. Their other determinations, attempts, pursuits, and even failure to acknowledge God's voice by obeying his commands. The steps of a good man mm. are not suggested by the Lord, mm. but they're ordered by the ordered Lord. By the and so the more we come in contact with who Jesus is, yeah. he begins to show us what we should do. Yeah. So that way once we heed to his voice, we'll be in line with God's will. It's all about knowing Jesus. Yeah. Amen. Amen. And so, Amen. so thirdly, man looketh on the outward appearance, mm -hmm. externally. Mm -hmm. Externally. But God looketh on the heart, Isaiah yeah. 16, 7. Mm -hmm. Our heart state is our life state. The scripture refers to the heart as the core of our understanding. That place we choose to give God that reflects the foundations of our faith. Yes. That's why God wants to speak to our hearts. Yes. The fires and the passions of our fellowship that we truly have with the Spirit, the Spirit of God, which is a revelation of God's love. God so loved the world mm. yes. that he gave his only begotten Son that whosoever believeth, but where do you believe? In your heart shall not perish, but have everlasting life. Yes. So then faith without works is dead. Mm -hmm. James 2.26 Faith's greatest strength is acknowledged in the power that transforms the hearts and the lives of the people. This transformation is molded in our actions to empower others through love and good works. Let's go back to the scripture that we started off with. By a new and living way which he has consecrated, that's all Jesus, for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh. Jesus died on the cross for us. Having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart, with full assurance of faith. Having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water, let us hold fast to the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful. That promise. Yeah. And let us consider one another to provoke unto love and to good works. Mm -hmm. Faith without works is dead. Mm. Faith justifies our confidence to exist as children of God and exemplifying the nature of God. Mm -hmm. When faith is displayed in the lives of the fathers, it will establish faith in the hearts of children. Amen. It is the Amen. intentions of God for faith to be illustrated. Yeah. And so what I've talked about today is faith being established in the burning of our heart. One of the things I like about Jesus in Luke chapter 24, after Jesus had raised from the dead, before the disciples went to the upper room to be empowered by the Spirit, the scripture says that Jesus gathered the disciples together and he began to show, to open their understanding so that they could understand. What they did was they gathered themselves together before they did any great demonstrations. They gathered themselves together. And they came together to hear what Jesus had to say to them. Jesus spoke of his father and the promise that his father had already declared. His life for the three years that he walked before them blameless without a spot of sin tainting his ministry. He, he, he began to say, this is the prophecies fulfilled before your eyes. Mm -hmm. 
their relationship with Jesus changed from that moment on. So much so that every place that they encountered was infected because of their faith. Mm. God opened their understanding. It, and, and they said, did not our hearts burn? Mm. As he talked to us along the way, it was a burning heart. They had given Jesus their heart. And Jesus was able to open up their understanding. And they were able to establish the faith. And so here the Hebrew writer comes and validates that this is just not an intellectual activity. When, when the Hebrew writer wrote, of course, you know, some people believe it's uh, Paul that wrote it. Others believe that it could not have been Paul. Mm-hmm. And so that conflict goes on um, intellectually. But at the core of it, it presents Jesus. Uh-huh. Jesus not as a way of, of, of intellectual um, stimulation, mm-hmm. but by a new and living way. Mm-hmm. He becomes our faith, the core of our understanding. Not only just to, uh, to make us emotionally aware, but to cleanse our conscience from dead works. Yes. Transformation of our life. Yes. Because we've given them a heart. Yes. It's a heart thing. Mm-hmm. Burning hearts. Mm-hmm. Blazing in faith. Yes. And so today my challenge to you yes. is to live by faith. Yes. And not by sight. Lit by the glory of God, a path paved by the Father, steps ordered by the sovereign King. Light, life, and liberty are the stones placed adjacently, the way, the truth. Jesus himself, the guide through the Spirit, beckons, come with me, follow my lead. The multitudes of men and women led on the pathway to rest, an interstate connecting the traveler throughout a land of righteousness, peace, and joy provided by the Holy Ghost, a kingdom without end. To the left are fruit trees planted by a river full of life. To the right are green pastures and the hill of the Lord. Straight ahead are the signs read Perfect Love Highway and Trustville five miles ahead. For every heart that travels this way, there is no turning back. Somebody say, no turning back. No turning back. This is the pathway to rest. If you have your Bibles, turn to chapter 4 of the book of Hebrews. When you have it, say amen. 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 Verse 1, let us therefore fear, lest a promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest, as he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. For he spake, in a certain place, somebody say certain place, place. of the seventh day on this wise. And God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Someone say rest. Rest. Seeing therefore it remaineth that some must enter therein, and they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. 
Again, he limiteth a certain day, saying in David, today, after so long a time, as it is said, today, if you will hear his voice, harden not your heart. For if Jesus had given them rest, then would he not afterwards have spoken of another day? There remaineth therefore a rest to the people of God, for he that is entered into his rest, he also hath ceased from his own works, as God did from his. Let us therefore, let us labor therefore to enter into that rest, lest any man fall after the same example of unbelief. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. Neither is there any creature that is not manifest in his sight, but all things, someone say all things, are naked and open unto the eyes of him with whom we have to do, seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession, for we have not an high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. At origin, humanity was made in the image and likeness of God, distracted by the notorious intruder known as the devil. We fell from a place of complete peace, complete rest and authentic spirituality. Somebody say authentic. The roadblocks called deception and unbelief deterred us from the destiny our Father designed, especially for us all. But God, who is rich in mercy, gave his only begotten Son, Jesus, to become the ultimate sacrifice and shed innocent blood to reconcile humanity back to the Father. John 14 and 6 records Jesus saying, I am the way the truth, and the life. No man cometh unto the Father but by me. His will is that we would operate in dominion as his people and live like, somebody say, heaven on earth. Look at your neighbor to the left and say, heaven on earth. Look at your other neighbor and say, heaven on earth. So Jesus paved the way back to Eden. He paved the way back to rest. In the book of Philippians, verse 12 and 13 of chapter 2, Paul said to the church at Philippi, Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God, listen to this, for it is God which worketh in you to will and to do of his good pleasure. As many of you, I was born and raised in holiness. And every week, every Sunday, sometimes every day of the week, we heard what God expected of us. But oftentimes, we were not told what God was doing in us. Somebody say in us. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We work out what he works in. Say it with me. We work out what he works in. In where? In us. In our hearts. The first stone in the pathway to rest compels us to sanctify ourselves. 
Somebody say, sanctify yourself. Joshua 3 and 5 says, And Joshua said unto the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. Today I want to speak on the subject, the pathway to rest. He paved the way. How many know that Jesus paved the way? The good news is he's paved the way. He's made the crooked way straight and placed us on the pathway to rest. Somebody say pathway to rest. The next stone is submission to the Lord. Submit to Jesus as Lord. Yes, he is Savior, but submit to him as Lord. Oftentimes when we hear submission, we think of, oh, you got to obey, you got you to obey, you got to obey, you got to obey, I got to do this, I got to do that. But submission, when it's broken down, is to come under the mission of another. When you understand the mission of God and you understand his purpose and how he started the whole process with us being exactly like him, to submit to him is to come under that mission and say, God, work in me. Somebody say, God, work in me. And what he works in you, you begin to work out. Somebody say, work it out. The good news is, Somebody say the good news is. He's paved the way. He's done the work. He's made the crooked way straight and placed us on the pathway to rest. The next stone on the pathway to rest says, study the word of God to gain the knowledge of God. To know him is to love him. Matthew eleven twenty nine says, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart. And ye shall find what? For your souls. The good news is that he's paved the way. By the end of this message, you're going to know that. <laughs> he's made the crooked way straight and placed us on the what? Pathway to rest. The next stone in the pathway to rest says, Spend time with him to understand his ways. In the Old Testament, the Bible reads, the Bible reads that Moses understood the ways of God when the people only understood the works. There are many that follow God just because of what he can do. And our praise centers around that, our worship centers around that, what he's going to do, what he's going to do, not what he's already done in us, in our adoration and reverence for him. I challenge you today, any time you go in your prayer closet, you go to approach studying the word. Come at studying the word of God, expecting God to reveal to you what he's saying, not it saying to you what you want it to say. Oftentimes we go in the word looking for an answer to a question rather than going to the word for the answer already. He said, before you call, I will answer. And while you're yet speaking, I've already heard you. He's already worked it out. Somebody say he's already worked it out. Because the good news is, He's paved the way. He's made the crooked way straight and placed us on the pathway to rest. The next stone in the pathway to rest says, surround yourself with spirit-led people. Hebrews 10.25 says, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much the more as ye see the day approaching. 
surrounding yourself with people who are led by the Spirit of God, that actually love God. Not that we can't be around sinners, not that we can't be around people who don't necessarily know about God, don't necessarily love God, but to surround yourself consistently, daily, hanging out with people who are not saved is not profitable. Somebody said profitable for you. Every law, every expectation of God has a reason. Growing up in holiness, we're often told, as I said before, what's expected of us. A lot of times we're not explained why. A lot of times we're not explained what God is doing in us. But the Bible says, for it is he that works in you to will, somebody say to will, and to do. So he works with your heart. He works with your desire. He works with your heart. He works with your desire. You begin to want to do things that actually please him. You begin to want to do things that are profitable for you. He says that, I wish above all things, that you prosper and be in 